You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. I don't know where God's sending you, what your world's like, but I, I promise you that God has the Holy Spirit working within you, and uh, one of the reasons He sent the Holy Spirit is to have the power to be a witness. That's our theme verse for the whole month is Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power to be a witness. No matter where it is in your world, you'll have power to share, and no matter who it's with, you'll have power to share. You don't have to be intimidated by that person. God will set you up with whoever it is, and you can have the power to share we share what? We share the good news. The good news is the gospel. The gospel can be translated good news. And uh, I don't know how it is in your world, but sometimes people share good news with me, and then they'll tell me, but you can't tell anybody yet. You know, some people come along and say, Pastor, will you pray for us? We just found out we're pregnant, but don't tell anybody because we don't want anybody to know until we show. And so I have to keep the good news quiet until, and then we're so glad to say, oh, you know, so-and-so's expecting or so-and-so's expecting. Or have you ever found out when somebody is engaged, it's good news, right? All of a sudden, the Facebook lights up, the Twitter lights up, and the word is out there. And everybody knows so-and-so got engaged on the weekend, and it's good news. No problem telling it because it's good news. And uh, how much more is the good news that we are free, our sins have been paid for, that we really, really have a new life in Christ? That always should be the number one good news that we have. May we never become so familiar, so used to it, that it no longer becomes the good news in our life. It's always better news, and whatever happening in our life is the fact that, wow, look what God did, the good news, the message of this news. And so we want to be ready to share it. Uh, I'm just going to run through a couple slides this morning. We don't have handouts, but we do have a a PowerPoint slide for you just to follow along with the verses. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19, it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized here at Coastal Church, you know when you went under the water, we said we baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. That's where we get that from. This verse says here, I have authority, so go. It's kind of like the sheriff saying, I deputize you. I've got authority. I'm putting a badge on you. Now you go. He didn't send us without the power. He sent us with the power. If you're going to climb out Mount Everest, but if you didn't have all the equipment and the training and the empowerment to do it, it would be futile. Well, our assignment is bigger than climbing Mount Everest. Our assignment is by our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't optional, by the way. This is what's called the Great Commission. There was a survey done by Barna Research a few years ago, and many Christians did not know what the Great Commission was. So we all here know this morning, this is the Great Commission, to go into all the world. That was the Great Commission. The Great Commandment is to love God, love your neighbor, and the Great Commission is this. If you do those two things, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, I think you can build a great church. And so this is the Great Commission. Go, go therefore, and make disciples. Help people understand the greatest message ever told. This week in our small groups, life groups, again, we're going to be listening to Jim Simbola, and he's a pastor there in Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York. Love that church. Uh, just the influence that they have in their city, this man's passion for his city, for the churches, and for uh, helping other churches grow. They're a church of prayer. That's a big part of what they do there. 
He he's understands the power of the Holy Spirit. People line up to come to that church. And uh, oh, for the day when every Sunday people will be lined up Georgia Street to come to church. Uh, still have that vision, that picture. Sometimes we've seen it happen on special occasions. But wouldn't it be great on every, every Sunday people are lined up to come to church? We were in Singapore one time at Pastor Joseph Prince's church there, a new creation church. And they meet in a mall, and the people were lined up down the hallway. And I said to some of these people lined up for, and we were going for like a 930 service. They were already lined up for the next service. There was a lineup for the next service. It was just great to see the hunger. And uh, we can have that in Vancouver, not just at Coastal Church, but at every church. People lined up to go to church. Jim Simla in this video they are going to hear this week, it's a great teaching, talks again about the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, to be filled and to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's where it is because, you know, there's, there's a difference. You can come into a church that's just alive and full of life and maybe some of you have walked into a church, it could be any denomination, and it's just dead. You think there is no life here. What is the difference? The difference is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to show you just a little clip out of this week's lesson, kind of whet your appetite for life group. If you're not in a life group, get on the website, talk to one of the people downstairs that's wearing a Connect t-shirt. We'll help you find a life group. But here's a part of the lesson for this week on being filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Spirit living in us and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, to some people, they think this is a controversial doctrine, but I think it's clear from scriptures. First of all, it was a qualification of a deacon. So not obvious, not everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. But then we read on in the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says to the church, now don't be filled to the Christians there. Don't be filled with wine. We're in as excess. You're going to get influenced by the wine and be carried away you're going to get into anti-christian behavior bad things are going to happen no but be filled with the spirit now there's an interesting couple things about that sentence it's not only a command like a military command be filled with the spirit go over there do such a thing now he says be filled with the spirit but it's kind of like in the continuous present tense so literally as some translations have it it has be being filled with the Holy Spirit or keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, if all Christians are always filled with the Holy Spirit, why would Paul have to caution us about wine and then give a command, be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, filled doesn't mean like a glass. What filled means when it comes to the Holy Spirit, means it means be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Not only walk in the Spirit, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is what set men and women apart down through history. They shook cities. Their churches blessed multitudes of people while others were barren and didn't bear much fruit. What was different about them? Same Bible, same gospel message, same doctrinal position. What made the difference? Ah, it's the difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and just kind of eking out a spiritual There we go. Eking out a spiritual life. We want to be controlled or filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not filled, controlled with the Holy Spirit, there's not an, even a desire to share your faith. There's not even a desire to give it away. But one of the things that happens when you're filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit is He sets you up to share your faith. Now, 
Without that, your Christian life is going to be boring. It's going to be dull. And like we've said before, you're going to have just enough Christianity to be miserable. But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your life and you say, God, I give you, not so much does the Holy Spirit, is all of the Holy Spirit in me. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit's within you. But the question is, does he have all of you? And this past weekend where people were filled with the Holy Spirit there that weekend, you saw people when we were praying for them yesterday afternoon, tears coming down their face, hands just raised and surrendered to the Lord and wonderfully filled the Holy Spirit because they're saying, God, I give all of my life to you. I give my life to you. Fill me with your spirit. And they were wonderfully baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, the evidence like we read in Acts 19 or Acts chapter 10, they were praying in other tongues and just this wonderful outpouring of the Holy Spirit on their lives. What does he do? Why? So we would have the power to be a witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Let me put that verse back up there again. It says here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Where are we supposed to go? Well, to our Jerusalem. That cleaning lady, her Jerusalem was the residence of Stephen Baldwin. That was her Jerusalem. That's where she went. And where is your Jerusalem? Well, that's your world. And however God sets it up, wherever you go, Holy Spirit goes with you, and he will give you opportunities to share. Acts chapter 8, verse 29, there's an interesting verse because the Spirit says to Philip, the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip. You know the Holy Spirit can talk to you. If you're listening and careful to hear his voice, he'll say, go talk to that person. Go share now with that person. Sometimes it'll be at the most inconvenient times. Actually, I find it's usually at an inconvenient time because it kind of interrupts what I think we should be doing, but the Holy Spirit will say, go. Here's Philip, and he's on his way into the desert, and the Lord's already talked to him through an angel, but now the Holy Spirit says, go near and overtake this chariot. In the chariot is a man from Ethiopia. He's the minister of finance for the country, a very important political man. And he's riding in his chariot. Folks, that's like today somebody riding in a brand new Bentley or a Rolls Royce. That's the, get the picture today. He's in this Rolls Royce, this minister of finance, and he's reading out of Isaiah. So Philip runs up there. It literally says after that he ran up to the chariot. He knocks on the window. The guy rolls down his window. That's actually a chariot. Anyhow, he gets in there and he shares with him what it means in Isaiah. And he says there that he preached Christ to him. One man, he shares with him. But the key here is the Holy Spirit said, go, I want you to share with this guy. He had to run to get beside him. Now, those are exciting moments. The most exciting Christian life for for me, this is maybe just my opinion, but in talking to others, the most exciting time is when God says, Philip, I need you. David, I need you. Barry, I need you. I I need you. Harvey, I need you. Go. Isn't that great? You know, when you're sitting on the bench and the coach says, Coop, you're in. Man, we're just up. We take off our, you know, we take off the outer jack or whatever it is. We take off our our sweats. We want to get in the game. We should be that excited when Jesus says, all right, you're in. Go. You're on. You know, you talk to a hockey player. Okay, jump in. They're over the board so quickly, man, you're in there. You're just so glad it's your shift. And we should be that excited when our Jesus, our commander says, all right, go, you're in, you're on, this is your time, you go. And sometimes like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I think, no, we have the Holy Spirit to give us power, and we have the excitement, the greatest assignment in life, the great commission, go and share. I've set it up. You say, what if if nothing happens, and what what if I mess up? And that's the Holy Spirit's job. All you have to do 
is be a witness. Just say, God, here's what's happened to, him, or to this individual. Here's what's happened. Here's my understanding. And he said, I'll give you the words to say, and you leave the rest up to him. So it's, you, you will win because you have the winner with you. You will win. You just have to get up and share. Inconvenient time. I've told this story before, but it helps make the point. I was coming back from Nepal to Singapore. Long trip, tired. We were on a missions trip there, and uh, we got on the plane. I was the last person on. I was physically spent, emotionally spent, spiritually spent. Have you ever felt like your gas tank is empty on every account? I felt like my gas tank was empty. I sat down, and I was waiting on the way back for my special seat. I had booked a seat in the window so I could see Mount Everest. This was my treat on the way home after doing this mission trip. I would sit there on the window, and I would see Mount Everest. I know it sounds kind of silly, but that was kind of my reward. I learned in sales, you have to have a reward for yourself after you accomplish something, just a little treat. And so this was my treat on the way home. So I get there, and somebody is sitting in my seat. Now, I'm embarrassed to tell you this story, but the reason I tell you is I want you to know that God will use an imperfect vessel, and I was very imperfect that day. Because I said to this man, I said, sir, you're sitting in my seat. He said, no, this is my seat, and I already have my bag underneath the seat. So I pulled out my little, my little boarding pass. I said, sir, look, that is my seat. He said, all right, all right, no, no problem. You know, just sit here. I already have my seat. You know, I have my underneath here. Very nice. You can have the leg, more leg room. Get up, go to the washroom, aisle seat. I said, sir, I don't want the aisle seat. I want the window seat. Now, will you please move out of that seat? I'm ashamed to admit it, but as your pastor, I was not very Christian-like. There was not a lot. All the fruit had got picked off, all right? All the love and joy, it was all gone. There was no gentleness left. I just said, get out of that seat. Get over there. And he's, okay, okay, I'll get out. And so he sits down, and I'm now on the window seat. And I don't even look at him. I'm just looking out the window. Well, we taxi now. We take off. I know when I'm going to see Mount Everest. I'm looking out the window. And about the time I'm to see Mount Everest... I feel the Holy Spirit speak to me. Share your faith with that man. I says, God, you have got to be kidding. I was such a jerk. He would not even listen to me. There's no way. I, want, I don't even want to share with that man. But the Holy Spirit said again, I want you to. So I just ignored it. I thought, oh, it will go away. Maybe it's just my mind playing tricks. It will go away. And you know it's not your mind. You know it's the Holy Spirit because it keeps getting stronger and stronger. It doesn't evaporate. And so it wouldn't leave me. I saw Mount Everest. It did nothing for me. <laughs> it was, there was no treat in it because I was wrestling with the Holy Spirit. And you always lose there. So finally I said, okay, God, I just need some kind of sign because I'm really tired. Some kind of a sign that you really want me to share with him. He pulls out a magazine. He starts reading it and something about your spiritual journey. I said, oh, okay, uh, that's enough for me. He's interested in spiritual things. So I looked over him and I said, what are you reading? And he's like, you want to talk to me now? And I, as I tried, it was really, really awkward to strike up a conversation with him. Anyhow, I struck up a conversation with him, and I, and I said to him, you know, what's your spiritual background, and have you ever heard about Jesus? Have you considered him? He said, no, I'd, I'd be very interested. I'm very keen. I, and so I shared with him Jesus. I shared the plan of salvation. I shared how we don't have to work. It's already been done through Christ, that he has paid for our sins. We don't have a bribery system where I do this for God, and he does this for me. It's not a fair trade program, you know. This is just, it's been done. And tears in his eyes. 
And there on the plane between Nepal, Kathmandu, and Singapore, a man with a turban bowed his head, tears flowing down his cheeks, accepted Jesus into his heart. We landed in Singapore as brothers. And he, his life was so changed. I share that story because the Holy Spirit gave me power. My battery was dead, but the Holy Spirit doesn't run out of power. And even though, you know, I, I share this story because I blew it. I, it wasn't, it, God doesn't need much. He just needs a willing vessel, I think, because I didn't have a lot going for me. And even in my, in my poor delivery of the message, the Holy Spirit did the work. So Holy Spirit will do the work. We just need to go. Go join the chariot. Go and share our faith wherever our world is. Another verse I want to give to you is Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, where he says to them, out of Mark's gospel, I should say, Mark 16, he said, go into the world. Do you know that in the New Testament, about 233 times we have this word go. Two-thirds of God's name is go. And 15 times in Matthew it says, go. There's a lot said about go. And it's not just go to church. It's go share your faith. Get out there and share it. Go share your faith. The fulfilled Christian life is one who gives away their faith. And just by the power of the Holy Spirit, live that life. Now, I, I, I love it because it takes all the pressure off. I used to be really nervous about that because I had this warped picture that I had to share my faith with. I had to carry around a bunch of tracks. I had to go door to door. I had to kind of do stuff that was forced on me. But I realized that it was so natural that God would set me up. I just had to do a little bit, and he would do the rest. And when I saw lives change, I thought, wow. This is the greatest life there really is. So our, our assignment is to engage others, engage them. Engage, I like that because I hear from them, they hear from me, and through an exchange of ideas, their eyes are opened up and they realize, ha, ah, this is the Christ. Engage, that's a good word, engage. One time we were in Crystal River, Florida. It's a great little town. Cheryl and I had gone down there. We were part of a school. We'd gone down there. And Cheryl went for a walk on the beach one day with one of her friends. And as they're walking along, they came across this lady with this little toddler. And like uh, Cheryl just loves kids, so she got down on her knees and was talking to this little toddler, engaging in a conversation with this lady there. And uh, she said, what's your story? And uh, she told her story. She had a really, really hard story. Her husband was in prison, and she had lived a really rough life in Florida there, trying to make a go of it. And uh, so Cheryl just shared her story with us, shared her story of faith, how she came to Christ, just told her story. And there on the beach, this woman accepted Christ. She was, somebody obviously had talked before her, to her about it. You know, the Bible says somebody plants a seed, somebody waters, and somebody harvests. And she just was obedient to that Holy Spirit. She just went, and she just shared with this lady, and she accepted the Lord. And then she said, you know, we have a service tonight here in Crystal River. We're part of this church down there, and would you like to come? And she said, yeah, I'll come. So she showed up. And this is where it's exciting, because you can't start obeying the Holy Spirit and not seeing the supernatural. So this lady comes to church. She sits down on the bench. This older couple comes along, and there's a space beside her, so they sit down beside her. They were driving in their motor home, and they decide to stop in for the service. They saw a billboard, stopped in, sat down beside this lady. 
They turned to her. Cheryl was sitting beside her, and they said, oh, where are you from? They got talking to each other. They asked this older couple, where are you from? They said, well, we're from upstate New York. She goes, this lady's already we're in upstate New York. She named the town. She says, oh, I know that town because right next to it is a prison where my husband is. They felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to stop at that service. They felt prompted to sit by the Spirit in that seat. Guess who took a lady who had no money back to New York? Guess who hosted a lady who just became a Christian so she could see her husband? The Holy Spirit. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. And it all started because Cheryl just heard this prompting of the Holy Spirit, go join that chariot, go talk to this lady. Folks, that's exciting. That, that makes your Christian life more than just a duty coming to church once in a week. That makes it alive and real. But you will receive power to go be a witness. And I, I can just hear Jesus saying, and have fun with it. It's a good thing. Go have fun. Enjoy. It's going to be amazing. I think Jesus, when he walked the seashores of Galilee and preached the gospel, I am convinced that he was the most fun person to be around. I think heaven's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be, he is the joy of the Lord, the joy of my salvation. There is joy in salvation, and there's joy when we give it away. We have a great Christmas month coming up, lots of opportunities to share faith, invite people to things, but it's not a duty. It is an absolute joy to do that. Get involved with God. Get involved with the supernatural. Hear His voice and go. Mark 5, or Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How do we share our faith? Well, one of the ways we can do it is through our lifestyle. Just by the way we live, we, people will recognize there's something about us. Cheryl dropped off our dry cleaning at this dry cleaner's, and there's just a fragrance. Remember last week we talked about the fragrance of Christ. If you're at the service last week, Cheryl spoke on that. There's a fragrance. There's an aroma. And she dropped off this dry cleaning every week, and our dry cleaner uh, recognized something really special. And then one day Cheryl said to me, you know, it's gone from being a little special. Now I think he's too interested in me. So Dave, you drop off the dry cleaning. And so I dropped off the dry cleaning. But I invited this guy over to our life group and uh, he was going through a terrible time in his life, his marriage. His marriage ended up going, ended up being separated and divorced. But this guy, he sensed something about Cheryl and uh, I'll never forget the day because he bought his own dry cleaners. He was now, it went bad, and he was in such a tough place. He called me, it was during our life group, and he said, I'm going to the airport. I took all the money out of the cash register. I'm going back to Manila, and, uh, and I'm never coming back to Canada again. And I said to Bing, Bing I said, don't do that. I, I'll drive you to the airport. I drove him to the airport. I shared with him there outside the airport. I said, Bing, don't do this. For one, you'll throw away your, what, what you have here in Canada. You, you won't be able to come back. It'll be very difficult to come back. And then I shared with him how much God loved him, had a plan for his life. And even though he went through all this hard time, that if he would accept Christ, God would go with him through this. And I just shared the love of God with him. It's the good news. I shared the good news with him. And that day, it was, and Bing had grown up in a different type of a church world, but that day it's like the stained glass came off, and he saw Jesus for who he really was. And there, in that airport parking lot, Bing accepted Christ. 
He didn't get on the plane. He came back, got that thing turned around. I went down and helped him do dry cleaning, and we, we worked that out. And today, Bing is a happily married man. He's a great blessing of the church. He's a planted, he moved out to Langley, planted in a great church there, and he's going on with God. And, uh, but it all started with a fragrance. Yeah, you can clap with that. Amen. <laughs> Praise God for it. His life was changed. So we, we can use this power just through our lifestyle. People will sense there's something different. But more than that, and with that, 1 Peter 3.15, I'll put this verse up. It says, through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Now look at this verse here. Be ready to speak up. Because if we're, a fragrance is great. But if we don't say nothing, they don't know. You still have to say something. You still have to herald the truth. You still have to share it. The Bible says, how can they know unless somebody goes? And how can they know unless somebody shares? So we have to speak it. Well, I just want to be a silent Christian all my life. You can't just be silent. God will give you opportunities to speak up. You have to give an account. You have to say, here's why I hope. Now, with being our friend, we could have just been this fragrance but I don't know if he would have come to Christ, at least not through us. There had to be a place where I'd say, okay, Bing, let me explain to you my hope. Let me explain the difference. Let me explain what you're sensing. Let me give you an account. Let me tell you about Jesus. Now, I don't think you have that boldness, really, to the depth you can unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It means, God, I give myself to you. Would you empower me to share my faith? John chapter 4, verse 39, is a story about the woman at the well and how she discovers Jesus there. She goes back and she tells all her friends and she tells them, you've got to come see. And she didn't have the best reputation in town and God called her, or Jesus calls her out on that. And she went back and told the men, she says, come. By her testimony, she said, I want to tell you about this. He told me all that I ever did. And as a result of her testimony, they all came. One of the greatest things you have is your story. Who's going to argue? It's your story. It's like Stephen Baldwin. Not everybody liked the fact that his brothers didn't like the fact that he became a Christian, but it's my story. God changed my life. And, uh, and he's just bold to tell people. Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody may agree, but that's between them and God. Our job is just to say, man, God changed my life. So we use it in our lifestyle. We use this power in our testimony. And we also use it in our, and when we pray for other people. And we pray for people's eyes to be open. They can see what we see. But here's something else. There's a time and opportunity when needs come up in people's lives and we pray for them and the power of God goes to work and they're healed. Somebody comes to the hospital. They had a miracle and they go, I don't know what you got, but I want to know more about it. I want to know more about it. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 says, For when we brought you the good news... Paul says, I, I, we told you the good news. It was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. We shared the good news with you, but we were also praying with you, and you saw the power of God in operation. Oh, let's not be afraid of the power of God. Let's believe God as we pray for people, that lives are being changed, that people are being set free, and, and uh, in a world where people are attracted to all kinds of other power, we have the pure, wonderful power of the Holy Spirit. There's an obsession. If you watch the movies, you know, there'll be obsession with this spirit and that spirit and exorcism and all kinds of spirits that are out there. We have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm so glad that we have the name of Jesus that we can stand up and say, in Jesus' name. We can pray with authority. And when we pray, things change, and all of a sudden people are really interested, and they want to know more about our wonderful Lord. Our time's gone by really quick, but one more verse. John chapter 20, verses, this is the end of the Gospel of John. Wrapping it all up here, John says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book, but these, and these are my words, signs and wonders, but these signs and wonders are written. Why were the signs and and the miracles recorded? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Something about signs and wonders that are recorded that are still being done today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. He's, I'm the Lord your God. I change not. He's the same God today that he was back then. We used to sing a song, my God will never change. He's the same God today that he was way back when. He's the same God. He still does signs. He still does wonders. He's still opening people's eyes. Why? That they can see that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so, in our, in the, what, what do we have this power for? We've got this power to live an overcoming lifestyle that's fragrant, attractive. We have the power to share our testimony with others. And we also have this power within us as we pray. Miracles happen, and people say, ah, this is the Christ. This is Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org. 